Hey there, I'm Gerda Bunduchi, your personal branding coach. You're listening to an episode of Sparkling Visibility where you're going to find out the fastest way to a memorable personal brand is complete clarity and acceptance of your value. These episodes are excerpts of my private community where we're finding out that the self and self-promotion is no longer a fake mask to wear in fearful hope of getting what we want. Rather, it's an invitation to allow uniqueness to take the wheel of our message. You can follow along in the podcast by listening to episodes and doing the assignments, or check out the description to see if the community is the right fit for you. Enjoy! Oh no, the intro! It's inaccurate for this episode. Because I haven't had the pleasure of finding a time that works with everybody for this Ramadan in the community. So I've been having wonderful one-on-one conversations. However, they are private within a private community. And that would be weird to just broadcast it in a podcast. Instead, I have something super juicy today. It is the defining difference between personal branding and company branding. Identity. It's a question that has spanned all of philosophy. Who are we? Instead of going the philosophical route and just thinking about it, this conversation unlocks a really powerful, actionable way of approaching finding out who you are and being comfortable with it. And I couldn't think of a better person to talk about identity than someone who has dealt with many of my existential crises. My good friend, Sarah Al-Amoudi, who's a psychotherapist who specializes in acceptance and commitment therapy. What I've noticed is that we show up as the things that we inherit from society, from our family, our names. I just wanted to define that a little bit. How do you see inheritance and and uh, our identity? And then I'll jump in with anything that I've seen in uh, personal branding specifically. In an easier way to in talk about such like a complex subject is just like bringing examples on how what happened to our to our minds as we like as we evolve so like so 200,000 years ago so for example back then like um caveman mindset would go something like watch out there might be like a bear in that cave or uh there's like a shadow in the horizon and this might be like an enemy or might be scared and you're in danger what we notice that in our modern mind we get like we worry we catastrophize we uh think that the worst is going to happen to us um we fear Um, we fear failure. So what we inherited was actually, it was back then, it was good for that caveman to survive. But looking at it right now, sometimes in situations, we might notice that we're like ultra sensitive, more sensitive to situations more than others. So this might come up in, for example, like an Instagram post. So you might... (laughs) 
you might start um, thinking that this might go wrong. People will misunderstand me. Um, this might not get enough likes as my previous post. And you're going to start like ruminating and worrying about it so much. And this is like how our modern mind can, can I'm relate. Also hearing, I'm hearing that. So we're not just inheriting what we are, you know, what our parents would do for vocation. So we would inherit how our mom has skills in creating things, making things. We'd inherit how our dad would go hunt. We'd inherit those skills. We'd be known as the family who has that uh, ability in our little tribe that was really small. And we would also inherit the dangers, the, the social threats that go with it of, okay, we need to finish completing this amount of goods so we can trade it for something else. Mm. But what I'm hearing you say is we're also inheriting now, today, the shoulds. I should look great. I should look better than my friend who's on a beach right now. I should have a more expensive car so that I can stand in front of it and take a picture of myself, right? So back then, that was actually crucial for it, for our survival. If we were, we weren't, we we wouldn't be there. We wouldn't be here if this, if that type of thinking wasn't there back then. But however, when we look at it now, we can definitely see that that we don't need as much worrying and as much catastrophizing to survive. So. And this could be as simple as like just seeing an email from a manager and having the thought, I'm going to get fired. And I remember having like my first job. I had that a lot. And when I learned about this caveman mindset, I was like, okay, that makes sense. Like I'm just the fear of like, do, do I belong to the company? Am I contributing? Um, because back then in a caveman mindset, you, the caveman would be like, would ask these questions, fearing that if he was kicked or she was kicked out of the group, they might die alone just because they wouldn't be able to survive. So that was crucial. It was, it was important to think in that way. But looking at this right now, it's definitely, it doesn't work like that. However, we can definitely notice that our mind responds to it. It's very important to notice these cues, to notice when your mind comes in and and talk and 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 gives you these thoughts, you know, mm, you're gonna be kicked out of the group. If you know that this is coming out of like just okay, these this is my caveman mindset. I think we we would be able to respond to it differently instead of like uh, looking and analyzing and dwelling on it. You know, it's so funny that you mentioned that you were afraid of getting fired. For me, what I ended up inheriting wasn't from a practical, efficient uh, way of thinking about my boss. Whenever I would do a task, and this was a consistent thing in my whole entire life, where if it was a professor, if it was a teacher, if it was a manager, I would kind of sidestep what they wanted me to do. And I would want to belong to the, the startup kings, the unicorn makers of Steve Jobs and stuff. So even though my manager would be like, just do this task, just okay. do this one task, Khaira, please. You're so smart. Stop getting distracted. And then yeah. my beautiful mind would be like, okay, that's what you say. However, if I was a huge entrepreneur, and this was me at like, 20, 21. So if I was a huge entrepreneur, 
it would actually be this big thing. And then I'd overcomplicate my life. I would do so much more than anybody wanted me to. And then that would fall into this cycle of burning out. And then my manager wouldn't have anything to show for my effort anyway, because I didn't do what they asked me to do. Yes, I can definitely see like, and saying that, I think it's very important for us not to normalize that, that our mind is not like defected because this is how our minds were evolved to to perform basically. And back then it just wanted to keep us safe. So this is what happens to our minds. It's like, it, it works like an overprotective friend or like overprotective mom. And the purpose of it, like it generally wants us to keep us safe like it did 200,000 years ago. But as the fastest we realize that this type of thinking is not helpful, the faster we're going to get out of that narrative and instead like of respond to it, respond to it, or like even give it a thought, we're going to have more like energy, as you said, and maybe more space to do and focus on what matters in that moment. What matters? I love that word. So what you're telling me is let go of the belief system that isn't effective anymore. Don't be so entrenched in this overprotection that we have choice of what beliefs we believe and we have choice about what actions to take now compared to before where it was only a certain menu of actions that we could take. Yeah. Who are we really if we don't have the the rules that our parents set, if we don't have the rules that our tribe sets, because now we have so many different tribes and such a huge variety of what we could be and what goals we could have. If I'm not the name I was given, if I'm not the job title I was given, if I'm not the degree I got. Yeah. And act, we always say your mind is not your friend. We always use that phrase. So, and you are not your thoughts. And I can definitely see clients confused. What does that mean? What does that mean that I'm not myself? If I'm not my, if my thoughts are not myself, who am I in all of that? And I really like the metaphor of like um, the chessboard metaphor. So you can notice, like, for example, just like preparing for today's um, live, you can, you just, you know, you, I could like notice my mind saying, you can do this, or you can do this, or this will be, and I can definitely notice a judgment. Oh, no, this is not going to be uh, perceived well. No, this is too complicated for a life. This is too, and you, I can notice all of that. And if I notice that a caveman voice would come up, because if I know that this is a thought that comes up a lot, like I'm going to be fired or I'm not going to be liked or I'm going to fail because I had like previous, especially if someone has like previous failed um, memories in that section. So if that was coming up and what I could do instead like of convincing myself, no, this time is you're prepared. And you can notice like people doing that, like for example, if they had like um, if they had that thought, they would bring like all the memories like, no, I succeeded, I succeeded, I continued my bachelor's, I succeeded previously. And what happens, it happens, what happens is like, you know, you notice a lot of noise. And instead of like focusing on the moment, it's as if like you're having a fight with your mind, just trying to push it through, push it through. And 
what I like is in all of that is just instead of like having every for every positive thought a negative thought or every negative thought because the, the argument is always going to go on so instead of like noticing the art instead of like being that argument and creating the next next thought it's just going back a bit and just observing observing this is happening hmm. okay here's my mind okay and maybe even like thank your mind okay thank you thank you this is helpful this is my mind trying to be a very helpful uh just more an overprotective um overprotective um on the situation thank you mind and just observing that and then focusing on what matter whether it was like preparing for a presentation continuing a task or even like having a conversation with you we're a collective of all of this is happening and we we are there to just go back a bit and just notice notice what is happening with us i don't know if that makes sense so what happened in my brain i had a brain blown moment mind blown moment what i'm hearing you say is that all the gunk that i've been identifying myself with all the judgment that i've been putting on myself and uh pulling in from others where i've been bogged down by what people might think my perception of what people are thinking if i just put all of that away I would find out who I am because I would react inside the moment and be present. Exactly. And that's every- wild. No, Sara, we have to take a huge moment here. So you're saying that okay, my brain is having a hard time in closing around this. So what you're saying is that if I just exist I would be enough because I would be focused on the moment and focused on just trying and I would automatically belong by just being Me. myself. Yes. No. Yeah. No. It is it's and I I wish to say it's as simple as that but just going in and just practicing this and not just acknowledging so acknowledging it is like step number 1 but actually reminding yourself for that and also if you notice that your mind you know you when you sit in a cafe and you have like a music playing in the background and a good song comes by what would you do i'd enjoy it Exactly. Maybe sing along. Have like um, maybe um, share a story with your friends. Like, hey, I heard that song when I was somewhere back in in the beach or whatever. Um, and then another song would come by, and it wouldn't matter that much to you. What would you do? Um, I would just focus on what I was doing, or exactly, uh, I want to play in the background. So this is exactly what we're trying to do with our minds. When our minds drill us on things that are not helpful, we're going to allow it to play in the background. And when it starts saying things that are actually help helpful for us, we're going to focus a bit to it when it's helpful. And then when it says things that are we know that are coming out of insecurities that are coming out of um things that like failure from the past, things are whether it was positive or negative that are not helpful. When it goes like that, we can just allow it to play in the background instead of like just trying to fight with it. 
and a good example for that, I think, is back in school. I think we all had that situation where <laughs> we would be so positive about an exam and we wouldn't study. We're like, oh my God, we're gonna hit a good grade. And we would have that person that that student in the class and she would be like, Oh my god, I'm gonna fail. And she she gets such good grades. And it's so annoying just seeing her like panicking and she's panicked because she had she studied so much and I'm having so much confidence because I studied nothing basically or I just like listened to a lecture but I didn't put much effort but I was so positive that I'm going to pass without doing any effort so mm. this is like a positive thought but not very helpful so it might come as, sometimes it can come as positive. Right? So that's why I don't like to identify like positive or negative. I would say like workability concept. Is yeah, it. I'm also hearing the difference between those thoughts is how close to reality are you, exactly. right? How, how close to objectively what's actually the case. You, will, you won't know how to assess how good or bad you're going to be in the test until you take the test, right? Are you kidding me? The only thing I need to do to know who I am is to let myself be who I am? Wild. I invite you for this week, explore. How often do you have that inner argument, that inner dialogue that Sara was talking about, where you have a negative thought and then you push it back with a positive thought and then you're just your thoughts and you're getting further and further away from the present moment. How often does that happen? And bonus, can you take Sara's example of that song playing in the background? Can you look away from that inner argument and instead focus on what is actually going on and respond to the present moment? It's wild. The reason why I'm saying this through a huge smile is just because it's so crazy simple and yet so difficult. I'm so excited for your exploration of this week's concept. However, I'll never know about it. Please. Help me with my curiosity and leave a review about your experience. Bonus, it helps people find the podcast and benefit from it as well. If you found yourself throughout this episode wanting to ask more questions, wanting to contradict me, mm, I love contradiction, wanting to add to it, wanting to hear other people's thoughts on it, you might be ready to join the community yourself. You can explore more at krb.com forward slash community. That is K-H-A-Y-R-A-B dot com forward slash community. See you next week.